Welcome to another episode of Becoming DO. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let's get into it. To you, two of us. <laughs> How's it going? That's good. Thank Sunday. you so much for coming on and talking with us. Yeah, no problem. I like to talk to your, your, your wife too. Like, uh, it's really cool that she... She agreed to do this. Yeah. Yeah, she did. She <laughs> she she has some things to say about it, so <laughs> that's that's fair. Yeah. So yeah, I'm David. My wife is Shannon, in case you didn't know. Hi Shannon. Hi Shannon. Uh just a, a little background though, like uh where did you guys meet and how did you meet? <clears throat> Well, we actually met here in town um, at a place called Amaro Winery. We were both at the time uh, into salsa dancing. <laughs> so we were yeah. salsa dancing and we just met that way. And that was, uh, what? 2015. 2015. Wow. wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, so you yeah. guys uh, met 2015. How long did you guys uh, were you guys dating before you got married? Um, we decided about five weeks after we knew each other that this was it. Wow. And if we're going to be together, we should have a baby. So <laughs> we jumped right into it. And we're like, it'll take months or years. And it took less than six weeks to get pregnant. So it was just boom. Yeah. Boom. Wow. Yeah. So, like, by the way, like, how many kids do you guys have just... We have two. We have two. Okay. Okay. And how many did you have uh, prior to uh, med school? Both. Yeah, our son was uh, nine months when David started. And our kids are just short of three years apart. Yeah. So he's three now and she's six. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. But David, did you know uh, prior to obviously getting married that you wanted to go to med school? Like, is that something you... Um, yes and no, no. like it was always kind of like in the back of my head a little bit. He took all the pre-med courses as an undergrad. But I didn't actually go. And then I had like, I had a career, I had a job. And then all of that kind of went belly up. Yeah, he was a biologist for the university in town, um, which is where I worked as well. We both worked um, for NMSU. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that went belly up. And then I was like, okay, well. I'll just see if I get into medical school. You know? <laughs> so. It's always a good way to go. If at first you don't succeed, try medical school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's actually really bad logic, but yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's, that's so cool. I think, I mean, you probably just kind of figured out that med school is what you really wanted to do. That's what I always say. It's like, it's not always like life kind of works like that you just kind of fall into where where you should be you know mm-hmm. I don't I I shouldn't take credit for things I shouldn't take credit for but I kind of <laughs> feel like I gave him the courage to go oh, it's also well, being nice. like you know he had a job as a biologist and that kind of disappeared um but I he he wanted to go to medical school but he just he kept putting it off and he became like I said became a biologist and um, or ecologist, I'm not sure Both. what he prefers. Both. <laughs> um, and so when he asked me at first, he's like, "I really want to go." He's like, "You know, I, my my job, his job, downsized. Is that the right word?" Yeah, I got um, downsized. And so he's like, "I, I, 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 I we had just had our daughter, um, and so I was on maternity leave, and I decided to stay home with her. And then he then immediately was told he's going to be laid off." Um, uh. I was like, well, I'm a teacher librarian. I can get a job. And right. so I, we, we looked around for a while and I took a job as a college administrator in a different state. And we moved and we got there and he was like, I want to go to medical school. Yeah. <laughs> and my, my gut reaction was no way. It's too hard. You can't, it's impossible. And then after about three days of thinking about it, I was like, I gave him my blessing. I said, I, cause I want him to have a purpose. I want him to feel like his life has meaning. So I gave him my blessing, and here we are. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I mean, as 
I'm also like married in medical school. So I think that's great for you to like, you know, kind of be supportive. I know, at least from like my perspective, being in medical school, like it wouldn't be possible without my partner. So to be able to have somebody encouraging you and be so supportive, like that's really, really important. I think it's absolutely necessary. Crucial. Really. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because you're not, if, if I wasn't supportive, he wouldn't, I don't think he could do it. Um, and I, that's, I, I made a list of things well, I think are on. important. And I was going to say this, I feel like medical school requires you to be pretty selfish with your time. Yeah. Not like selfish, like I'm going to watch football, but you have to study all the time and you're just mm-hmm. busy all the time. And it can be extremely consuming. And, of course, that's going to put pressure on any relationship. Right. I think it's a family well, decision. You you can't just say, I'm going to go to medical school and have your partner not be supportive. Yeah. Um, we, I, we have this thing. So I was, I was working, and he was applying to medical school. And we kind of latched onto our, um, like, a code word. Uh, I said, you, you can go to medical school, but um, I want the kind of luxury of bonbons. And that, yeah. that kind of became our code word for after he's done. We have more luxury, more time. <laughs> so whenever we get really down, I'm just like bonbons, bonbons. Right. And we can, I think you need those kinds of ways of bringing each other back, grounding each other to make you remember why you're doing it. Cause you're doing it as a, as a family. Right. Yeah. And having that end goal of like, it's not going to be like this forever. Yeah. yeah. We're going to get through this. Yeah. yeah. Let, let's talk about um, the first year. Cause First year was rough, you know, like with the whole like introduction into medical school, the, what's the course we took again in the first semester? M2P. M2P. <laughs> like the stress of like, obviously you were a teacher prior to uh, medical school, but what was it like transitioning from working to now being a full-time student after? Okay. This is a good question. So... I remember, so you, okay, so let me give a little bit of backstory here. So we're in Iowa. <laughs> Shannon's working. Right. I, I mean, the medical said school. That. Sorry to interrupt you, but I was like, okay, I didn't want to say anything, but I was like, I thought you had said you like <laughs> lived in Iowa because I'm from yeah. Iowa. So yeah. after I lost my job, see, we had the house here in Crucis and we just rented the house out. We up and went to Iowa and she worked there. <clears throat> And then we had our son. So I was actually going to be a year ahead, um, but we had our son. So I took a leave. Okay. We're like postponed for a year. And so then she got a job in Arizona. So now she's in Arizona with the kids. And I'm here back in the house. Um, And then there was COVID. Mm -hmm. And like, COVID was a whole nother level because here I am. And I just remember feeling like waking up like less than a weekend and realizing that my medical education was just going to be from home pretty much. And that my life was just going to be staring at a computer all day, every day, not just for to study, but also to connect with my family. (laughs) And so that was, um, a rough transition, we'll say. It was very hard. Um, that was the hardest time, really, mm-hmm. was just finding my footing and my Well, don't stuff. you think just the first year of medical school was really hard? Like, you, yes. any, any medical student, they're really smart, right? You're the smartest of your class, wherever you were at. And you think, I'm really smart, and you go to medical school. And inevitably, I think the vast majority of people feel like they're drowning. They're underwater that first, like, like about a month two. And um, I was in Arizona and I was, my, my um, work culture was very toxic and mm. it was a pandemic and I had two small children. And so it, it, was, it, was, it was very hard on us, but he was just like, I don't know if I can make it. And I, I was just like, we paid the tuition. You have to. <laughs> yeah, just keep trying. And he did, and it, it worked out. Um, but you have those times. And I, I just think all medical students are going to have that. And if you have a family, it's going to be, there's a weight. He, when, he, when, he, when we were thinking about going, we talked about me not working. 
And one of the things he said to me was, I don't want all of our eggs in one basket. He didn't want me to quit my job. And I didn't either. I loved my job. Um, and so, but that is a lot of pressure on one person for, for anybody going to medical school. But when your family is counting on you to do well and to finish, it's, it's extra weight. Yeah. Right. And I, I do think that transitioning was probably harder for everyone just because, you know, I see these, these younger classes come in and, <clears throat> you know, M2P is just rough. Right. And it just is. But it's even rougher when you're trying to figure it out pretty much alone. Right by yourself. Yeah. And I don't like, I feel very kind of, cheated. I don't know. I feel a little bit cheated, honestly, because <laughs> we didn't, we didn't have that. Yeah. I, maybe you guys lived at the flats or whatever, but I was kind of like isolated from that whole culture too, even more so. Well, we didn't oh. live at the flats, yeah, but we, we lived like right across the hall from each other. Yeah, I think that's... So like we have yeah. pretty much been friends since day one. And so I think having that person to like be like, you're my partner and I'm going to make sure that you survive and you're going to make sure <laughs> I survive. Yeah. Much, yeah. We're like dragging I... each other through it. Now, I did find that person. I do. And I still study with him regularly, even though he's yeah. not also. We still do practice questions over teams and stuff. That's good. Yeah. Dominic Buley is my Oh, yeah. yeah Dom, Dom is cool. Yeah. yeah. He's my main guy. And we figured that out during M2P. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I will say that I knew a lot of people that didn't make it, that right. didn't necessarily have that. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's good advice for anyone going in is make sure you have other people in the trenches with you that you can lean on. Of course that's a lot easier for other classes where they just go to school, you know, and they meet people. (laughs) But for us, it wasn't, we didn't, it wasn't like just handed. I mean, it wasn't certainly wasn't just handed to me. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I think for sure. That's one thing I told uh, a lot of the first years I keep asking them, like number one thing you need to find is just find yourself a friend that you could, both keep each other like accountable and force yourself through through everything you're about to go through. It's a lot of stress. I know for you, it might have been super hard because how long how long were you guys like uh, kind of separated in terms of like you guys were living apart from each other? Like how long was that? The whole separated? first year. All the first year we lived. Yeah, apart. that is hard. Yeah, I- like I moved. I think. July 6th is when I finally like moved into cruises so like we had like those two weeks of like quarantining before med school started and that's all that we had and like Ahmad was down here with me for a little bit of that and then had to go back and like work and then I remember I like flew back home like a month into school got married and then we moved back together but like even that month was like pretty hard because I was in a new place I was like I don't know what I'm doing and school's really stressful. So to be apart a whole year probably like put a lot of stress on your relationship. So I think that that's great that you were able to like still, you know, make that effort because when you're in school, I know for me that month I was like, oh my gosh, I know like I want to like FaceTime and talk to my fiance, but I'm like, I'm so stressed right now and I'm so tired. Like as soon as I'm done studying, I just want to go to bed. So to like, make that effort and time every single day for each other. That's really important. Yeah. We had, um, we, we made a mandatory rule that you had to have a coffee date on Saturday and Sunday mornings. Mm. And there was no getting out of that. It didn't matter yeah. if you're sick, you had to have coffee date and it might only be for a few minutes, but it might be an hour. And we did talk. It was FaceTime. We did have uh, like a zoom meeting or fa- like computer time, like social time. Almost every day. There were a couple of days, like every once in a while, I'd be like, oh, test tomorrow. Like, I'm, I'm out. I'll talk to you after the test, you know. Um, but so we did talk most days. And yes, we had our coffee dates Saturday and Sunday morning. I made a rule that year that if I was upset at him about something or if I was just upset that I wouldn't tell him to ask the test. But That's he would true. always know, like, he could tell by my face <laughs> through the screen. Oh, yeah. I was upset. I'm like, I'm not telling you right now. Yeah. I, I have one thing I... I if I could give some people advice, if they're going to do this, go to school with the family, like, or just go when you go to school, it takes about three months to adjust to a new place mm-hmm. or to adjust to any great change in your life. Um, 
so I, I, I've moved across the country three times in the last eight years, right. plus to move across the state. Um, and every time I go, you have to, it's like getting a new job. When you go in, you don't know where the bathroom is, right? It takes you weeks to figure out the layout of the building. That's what mm-hmm. a new city is like. And if you do that, like the week before medical school starts, you don't know where your, your grocery store is, what the gas station you like is. You don't have that support network. Yeah. And if people could go months in advance, you know, like after the, maybe they have kids, the school year's ending, then they move then instead of like t- towards the beginning of the medical school starting, they could find the, if they were religious, they could find the church they were going to go to. They could go to meetup.org and, and find their people. And I think you need that support network. You're not going to do well if you don't have that. Yeah. And it's hard to make it happen the minute you're also starting medical school. So I think that's, that would be really my biggest takeaways. Like get yourself mentally and physically prepared for it. Cause it's going to whip your butt. I agree with that. I, the only thing is like some students don't find out yeah. that they're accepted until like later, yeah. which is unfortunate. And it would be nice. I mean, as soon as you kind of find out to, to move. But, um, yeah, I think, like, that's just one of the kind of setbacks to, like, getting accepted later is you don't have as much time to, like, kind of adjust. But I think for a lot of students in our class that are married, they, like, didn't – a lot of them didn't have kids before medical school. Like, you guys did. They, like, started having children in medical school. Yeah, like, pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, like – that adjustment I don't it makes it like so you already kind of know how the school thing goes but then the parenting part you're like I don't know what I'm doing with that yeah and then you're not sleeping and yeah yeah I I was gonna ask though because like for the whole year were you traveling to Arizona a lot like was there a lot of like trips like weekend trips to Arizona like maybe post exam or something for you David do you know like so here not as much as I initially thought actually we had, we had the idea we would travel back and forth and we did it some i, didn't I would say see what David we, until october yeah she didn't see me until october it's october november december february may and then we moved in june so i mean i saw i can count it on one hand how many times i saw him that year yeah and we thought it would be more mm-hmm. but frankly i just underestimated the workload yeah, and there was I a just pandemic. did. I just <laughs> underestimated the workload. I thought that I would have, you know, time to go home a little bit on the weekends and study. But no, I mean, I just, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I had to study like all the time. Yeah. I mean, I'd get exercise, maybe take a shower, brush my teeth and study. And that was my life. <laughs> that was like, yeah. I, in, <clears throat> And I know everybody's different, but like, yeah, I had to just study all the time. Like, there's no. Yeah. Like, we were talking to Mel in one of our other podcasts, and I always was, like, kind of jealous of her that she was so, like, put together, and she was able to, like, work out and, like, meal prep and, like, eat healthy and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm barely staying afloat. I don't know if I didn't have, like, somebody, like, physically helping me take care of me. Because I, I wouldn't take care of myself. I know that I'm, like, the type of person that I'm, like, when I get stressed out and, like, I forget to eat. I forget yeah. to, like, do anything. So It's like you're in constant fight or flight. Yeah. Which means that you can't – it makes it that much harder to plan for anything. It was yeah. kind of – I feel very – especially first year was very toxic in that – and I don't know if this is a character flaw, but I just was, like, so – single-minded on having to study and passing right that I didn't have any space for those other things um I did get make a little time for exercise because I need that to stay but I'll say I'll tell you this much like I I, my blood pressure went super high you know I gained weight it was it was uh it was rough yeah that was literally everyone in first year I think like it was such a like shock to our nervous systems you know like even if you like are like the smartest student in the class I feel like you're still gonna have that struggle you know of first year like no one is immune to like the stress yeah yeah can you talk a bit about like what it was like I mean you obviously had two kids 
what was that relationship like having to be away from your kids that long yeah not having um, to like play with them or like watch them grow or like hit the milestones especially you're nine months old that you have to be so it was not ideal to be away from them definitely not however i did speak to them most days um and even with like you know my my youngest he was you know barely i mean he didn't really talk first year (laughs) um but i could still see them and interact with him that way and my daughter was old enough to where you know she could we could wave and stuff and have a relationship through the computer again not ideal um but when when my wife and kids moved here at the end of first year it was it was it was like it, it was almost kind of like i still knew them like i didn't really not know them if that makes sense and right. then it's like right. the, yeah. the adjustment of you know changing diapers and stuff like that and just trying to work that into your work that into too. my life <laughs> as a parent and a husband but now we live together yeah. And so that was an adjustment. Honestly, our, our daughter sure. struggled the first year of medical school, um, yeah, but we'd moved did. across the country and there was a pandemic. So she went from having a really strong support network in a little town we live. We had friends and things um, to being somewhere we, we didn't know people and we couldn't go anywhere because of the pandemic. Um, so she developed a stutter and she regressed on her toilet training because she was three at the time. Um, and so I think it was really hard on her. And then when we moved back to Las Cruces, it was an adjustment for them. It took us months. I think that that year was really hard on me mentally because I just had a baby before the pandemic began. Right. And so I mentally, I was not really okay. And David really didn't have the mental space and he was physically separated. So he really wasn't able to help me fix that. Right. And so when I moved here, I literally went, it was, I think, November, maybe we moved in June. And I realized that I had been fight or flight mode like mm-hmm. all the time because it was just one crisis after the other during that year. Um, and it was a lot of other things, you know, politics and the environment, a lot of things right. were on my mind, right? Not just what was going on in front of me. Um, so I realized, like in November, that I had been on edge that whole time and it took a long time for me to adjust and the kids to adjust and David had to relearn how to like interact with them in a physical space um and they had to relearn to trust him because little kids are just that's how little kids are right you know if you're two you you kind of you're kind of weird about things yeah it's almost like a stranger danger to like your own because that's like the prime age for like that kind of stuff but that must have been really hard for you David to be like um yeah this is my child but he, they're she's like um are we good <laughs> but I think like it's always interesting to me to think about what that kind of first year would have been like without like COVID on top of it because I feel like you know like everyone was going through that kind of like fight or flight thing and then on top of it you're compounding like the stress of like being apart in medical school and all those things so like it's it's just like the worst possible timing for starting med school starting the family all of these things and yet it's like well there's no better time like like we have to kind of just work around Mm -hmm. what's going on in in the world at the time you know Mm -hmm. I've been, you know, when I look at the classes that are kind of coming up behind us, I do feel this envy. illogical sense of, like, envy that oh, they absolutely. didn't start during a pandemic, you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Like, talking with them and they're, like, the things that they're complaining about. Like, right. literally the other day I had a, a first year talking to me, like, oh, there's this girl that always sits next to me and her perfume just, like, really like irritates me during the test and I was like how how crazy like for our first year we were taking our exams in our own bedrooms like we did not have that at all and like seeing how close they all are with each other and like our class is not like that no no we got cheated I feel yeah um I mean there have been good things you know about it that have come out of it like, we're not going to be probably having to fly around the country as much for interviews. Right. That's, a, that's a plus. Um, but, um, 
to to your question before about like when the kids so for second year having the kids around <laughs> it was mostly good i think i mean it's still hard except for daycare uh, yeah, they're they... infected by a virus every other week at yeah. least and so... so then david's getting sick from it so that is a different is a, it's a different challenge it's great that we're all together but now we're making him so sick. so this is interesting but also sort of predictable after covid <laughs> like during covid nobody got sick and then once things started to kind of loosen up right it was just one respiratory infection after another just constant awful third year like being in the hospital and like being around so many people whereas like first and second year we were like around no one right yeah i have been more sick this year like 2023 (laughs) than i ever have been i went home and my nephew just like just a germ ball, like just yeah. give you everything under the book, like yeah. sinus infection, respiratory infection, like yeah. everything. And having kids, like in daycare, I'm sure you get that spread around. Plus, being in the hospital, right? And there, yeah. our kids were in two different daycares because we yeah. couldn't get into the same one, and so there was two sets of germs that we were uh. being. And then Dave would be, you know, he was going some places second year, not as much. Yeah, I'll say this much: I think that. I heart when they move when everybody moved back in we're all together again in the same house having already kind of had like my rhythm of how to study and so that was helpful that was a good thing and that allowed me to kind of carve out space for them too like I would take them to the park almost every day and we'd read in the evening Mm -hmm. and that was about it for me like that's what I got with them (laughs) you know no, which is I better think... than that, which is not that bad. I mean, yeah. you know. Better than being apart, yeah. Yeah. yeah so. And, I, I... And, and, so I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, and mm-hmm. just obviously with the, uh, would you say like it made it easier that both of you were now in the same location, like for your relationship? Or was it like now you're more focused on the kids or like now, like how did that work? What was the dynamic like? Um, it was definite, from my perspective, it was without question much better to be with my family okay Mm -hmm. um and it was but again it was like it was also sort of nice that i already had my rhythm of getting through medical school and that allowed me to have a little bit of elbow room to do some things having said that um it was still hard i mean it's still hard a lot of times yeah Yeah. because he he can't do things so i i made a point that the kids and I have certain things we do because he can't be, especially second year, he was always studying. So um, he'd be, and he was studying at the house still. And so I would take the kids to the park. We went, we went park hopping all second year. Every, every day we were off, we would go different, find different parks in the city. And Las Cruces has tons and tons of parks. But we also like, we have a membership to the zoo and to the local museum. And I make sure we get crafts because I, I want the kids to have special things that they can do when daddy can't be around and he can't do stuff with them. Right. I don't want them to feel like they're missing out and that they have to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I, I was going to ask uh, then moving forward to third year, like what do you think it's, has it been easier for you now third year, David, or has it been just about the same? Um, most of third year, I have felt less stressed out. Yeah. Um, However, I feel like now things are kind of ramping back up because, first of all, I have my IM, um, COMAT, the end of this month, and then it's like applications for away rotations. Right. Starting to think harder about... This part of the semester is harder than the last. Yeah. So most of third year has been better. Mm -hmm. Um, Just also just for my mental health, like going somewhere to do the thing we came here to do to study for right is better mostly it's almost like work now like i feel like we have a little more kind of predictability of our schedule it's like we're gonna well at least a month-to-month basis schedule like like for family med you can pretty predictably say you're gonna work from like eight to five and then i know a lot of people with kids in their third year they'll take that time like from five to like whenever the kids go to bed is like their family time and then they'll go back to studying for a little bit in the evening but I feel like 
for, as someone that doesn't have kids, like my evening, the whole time is spent studying. So yeah. I feel like for you, you probably have to really utilize your time to like get those that studying in still. I would say that's true. And I would also say that being being a parent for me means that like I I'm not going to set the bar as high as I would if I weren't a parent. Mm. Do you know what I mean as far as academics and stuff? Yeah. There's like And that's okay. Like I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm not trying to be, you know, top 10%. Right. right. You know what I mean? I'm just and trying especially to now that things are past fail. It's like you can be the dad you want to be and still, you know, pass your classes. You don't have to worry about getting like the highest score. And that's true. However, step two and level two is still scored. Exactly. Right? Which now I feel like there's just going to be this sort of um, magnifying glass on that when we go. Oh, for sure. Because, it will. Yeah. And so now there's a lot of, I'm, I don't know, but you, yeah, I feel like I'm hand wringing pretty hard about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, of course. Yeah. You, you spoke about a, a way rotations. I wanted to know if the decisions of where you apply in a way is very dependent on, like, obviously it's a family decision. Like, do you have restrictions on, like, how far you, you're, you're going to go in terms of, like, away and stuff? Um, my away rotations are definitely informed by geography that is preferable for my family should I get a residency there. Okay. So for us... Um, my wife would like to go back and get a PhD in library science or information, uh, information science. science. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that means I'm looking at places that she could find a program to her liking. Tucson. Yeah. Uh, maybe Phoenix. I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Like, yeah. I'm looking at places that are not only going to benefit like what I want to do as like someone who is applying to a specialty that's kind of more limited, I would say like there's less programs for OBGYN than there are for say like family med. So uh, like where I can apply is limited, but then like those places have to have, you know, opportunities for my spouse as well. So you have to think about that. So are you doing OB? You think that's what I, yeah, that's what I'm applying. So, I think about that a lot too. First of all, for a f- few minutes, I did my o- OB rotation here uh, with Dr. Peace, who was awesome. Oh, uh, amazing. Yes. So I loved that rotation. And I was like, even thinking, oh, maybe I could do this. And then I was just like, no, I'm not going to do that. But, but as you, since you are, I feel like too, you've got this like interesting thing. Like you probably don't want to go to Texas where you're training <laughs> yeah. or Iowa. <laughs> Well, see, and the thing is, yeah, like, it would be nice to move back home, but there, there, like I said, there's very limited amount of programs, right? So the U of I is the only place back home that has a, an OB, like, university base. I honestly, I don't think that there's any, like, community-based OB residencies back home, but like, yeah, would I want to practice back home? And I, I think that the thing, the thing for me is, like, I want to do the most that I can within like my means. Like, obviously I don't agree with a lot of the politics stuff going on right now, but like, I still want to be able to like provide the best care possible, what I can do within my means. Right. Like it's kind of like your scope of practice, but like I I personally like think like the government should have no responsibility in how to do my job. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't go to as much schooling as we have to make the decisions about that. But right, regardless, yes, I, I for me the geographic like pl- location of like where I'm applying is affected by you know politics, but also like like in general, my husband and I both kind of were like we don't want to live in California because it's very expensive, or like New York, so like we're limited by those factors as well. So it really does like, like limit where you can apply because at this point it's like, so now we have like location where my husband can go back to school, location where I can practice to the full extent of my specialty, location where there is availability of the specialty. Like there's, 
only so many residency programs. Yeah. And I think there's only like 1,800 residency slots for OBGYN. So like, yeah. it's it's just very competitive specialty. I I don't know the total. See, I'm I'm looking at probably psychiatry. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, but I don't. <laughs> but again, like it's not like family med or I am. Right. right. I loved my psych rotation. I just had it. Um, I had it with Dr. Silsby. Who who did you? So I was at the detention center oh, with okay. uh, Castillo. That experience was probably vastly different from my yes. uh, inpatient psych. Yeah. Well, I wanted to actually rotate with Silsby too, but apparently Crucis has very few psychiatrists right. that take students. So she's like, you cannot, you cannot have a, um, you can't, you can't have him. You can't have him as a an elective. No. Yeah. No, it, it was okay. hard enough getting people in, in our hub to be able to get their psych um, core rotation fulfilled, let alone have an additional student. I mean, from his perspective, like, I think Dr. Silsby would be fine with having three students or, or, you know, like, he doesn't care, but it's like, I don't know. So it's hard because I feel like, like, the school kind of really limits, like, what we are able to do. Like, for OB, for example, in Las Cruces, there's no specialty OB, right? It's only, mm-hmm. like, you know, Dr. Peace is great and you learn a lot, but she's not a specialist. She's a generalist. Mm-hmm. And so to get like any experience outside of that, it's almost impossible for us. Like Stanley had his core OB rotation with like urogynecology and then he did a gyne-onc elective. Like I am wow. not going to be able to do any of those things unless I do like an away rotation mm-hmm. because our hubs, like they won't let me rotate in El Paso because I'm not in the El Paso hub. Right. So it's like, getting those experiences is really difficult mm-hmm. so uh david i was i was gonna ask though how much of uh, your family played into your decision of wanting to do psych mm, um well my wife she always says to me whatever you do you better like it because you're <laughs> gonna do it forever <laughs> and she's right i think so do i consider them yes does that make me wring my hands a little bit more knowing that the geography um you know there'll be more limitations and fewer residency possibilities and such yeah sure i don't know if that's the thing though because forever he was always family med it's three years residency blah 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 and he didn't really enjoy family med when he was doing the different rotations um, but if he did family med, those other rotations that you, or the residencies you might get are going to be in rural areas, maybe, or other places that I don't want to live. Right. So, um, with psychiatry, at the very least, I know we're in a city. Um, I'm from rural, a rural area. I live in three different rural areas. I don't want to go back. And so I'm okay with the psych in that respect, because I know I'll be in a city. I might not like that particular city, but at least... There are jobs there, like even in Las Cruces, there's over 100,000 people here, but there's only two colleges and they're, they're all they're all MSU. Right. So I work at colleges. That's where my jobs or where I can go to school. So there's not right. much for me to do in Las Cruces unless I wanted to go back to teaching, which I don't. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think psychiatry is OK. I that is something that I found too, like, you know, academia in this town versus like other places that I've lived I feel like it's like here the job market is more like trade work or like kind of like positions that don't require like higher education Mm -hmm. and that's like kind of just a reflection of like the the area you know like what what is needed in the area right but like it's kind of hard when you know you move here with a partner and then it's like you come from an area that has like a, a flourishing like higher education and you know there's a lot of job like market in, for that kind of stuff and then to move here so that's that's part of it you know like um what you pick you know if you go into something that is more versatile like you know 
you can do anything anywhere um, versus like it's very niche like m- the more surgical fields are you're probably going to be in a larger city right yeah. so like that probably plays into it like i know stanley you want to like live in a bigger city so like to be it depends uh, i'm i'm actually kind of open to being in a semi rural place but I was gonna like doing gen surge. Yeah. How are you gonna do that? And you know what I mean. Like your specialty kind of determines. Yeah. That too. Yeah, but I was gonna ask so David. Um, obviously, you know, like with residency, it's also gonna be very grueling. It'll be like first year over again, and like the amount of times you get to spend with family is also gonna be very limited. Is that something you guys are like preparing for? Is that something like what's what's the plan? Um. I, to be honest with you, I kind of try not to think about it too much. (laughs) I just feel like whatever it is, we'll just get through it. So I think the first year will be rough for sure. Um, However, what I've heard about psych residency is that it's not as time intensive as some of the others. It's a four-year residency. Your first is just medicine. And then the last three is... um, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure that's very dependent on the program, too. So Yeah. I do think that's a lot. Um, I think it's the same with first, second, third, fourth year of medical school. Even within each session where he's taking a class, you have to reevaluate the relationship, the way you break down responsibility in the family. Mm. Um, And I think, you know, if he's in a really hard class, he he has to do less with the family. And the next session, maybe it's, it's easier. Um, so I think like with residents, it'll be the same thing. You're just reassessing. And I think that's important when you're in medical school. I, I kind of say, like, I feel like I'm in med, I'm not in medical school, but in some ways I am. Oh yeah. Like, yeah you are. Completely think... revolves around it. Um, <laughs> and so. Yeah. That, uh, if you're married to someone in medicine, to some degree, you, you are. Should get an honor- yeah, you should get an honorary degree in medicine because of how much time. Like... I used my partner as like my SP for for everything for yeah. the second year, my practice, and they went through it just like mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Because I was, I was actually gonna ask though, because I, I wanted to know if you guys had the choice, and this is just an uh, what if situation. If you guys had the choice, would you still have kids? Like, what do you think will be a good time? Like, let's say if you were advising somebody that was coming into medical school thinking about like uh, that's married or think about having kids when do you think would be a good time to have kids if you had to pick when you can afford a nanny (laughs) (laughs) um especially if the the non-student is is working like your house has things that need to happen somebody has to clean the toilet somebody has to do the laundry and kids 24 7 so if you can that's one thing like last year i was working full-time and if addy got sick you know, I was working and taking care of him. And so, and he's, he was only, you know, two at the time. So it's, it's a lot of work. I, I think you can do it. It depends on your relationship. Um, and I think oh. I, one of the things I, I wrote down was like, I think you have to think about what your expectations are and you have to do, break up the responsibility and because there's going to be resentment. Like, yeah. it's just, just going to happen. There's going to be strain. <laughs> you know, and whatever you hate, whatever drives you nuts about your partner before medical school is going to be a million times worse. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, if they don't, if they, like, stereotypical thing, like, they leave their dirty laundry on the floor, and that makes you mad, and you're not in medical school yet, you're going to want to, like, just beat them over the head with the dirty laundry when they're in medical school. So mm-hmm. I think you have to take those kinds of things into consideration. But if you can work that out, I don't think kids are impossible. Yeah. I think what you're saying is absolutely true, and it's irregardless of children, because in in our relationship, I found that, like, that resentment goes both ways, too. Like, I, I would love to be able to not be, like, studying all the time. I want to be able to, like, spend all of my time, like, you know, with my partner or, like, you know, but you don't have that opportunity. So it's like the resentment kind of goes both ways, and then... Like, if you just let that build instead of, like, doing things to work 
like circumvent that, then it's just gonna like yeah. be alive. But also, you have to kind of let, like you said, like dirty laundry things like that. Those things are gonna happen, and like you have to kind of pick and choose what you are gonna like be yeah. preoccupied with or upset about. And I feel like I've kind of like had to work on that a lot. It's like, like, yeah, my partner could easily get mad at me for not doing the dishes and things like that, and it's like. Like I said, I don't prioritize those things when I'm stressed out. I, you know, kind of let myself and things like that go. So it's like he has that choice of, like, do I just do it myself or do I wait until you said you were going to unload the dishwasher? So do I wait and let you do it? And then, like, it bothers me that it's not getting done. Or do I just do it? And then it's, like, enabling them to, like, continue that behavior. Yeah. Yeah, I think the second year we were here and I forbid him to do the dishes because I kept thinking, what grain of information are you going to be able to study and learn and the time it takes you to wash those dishes? It's just not worth it to me. Um, and he'd always just say, I need something to do to get my mind off of studying. And I was like, no, just get out of my kitchen. Um, <laughs> and now that it's third year, we've worked out something different. We, we've re- reevaluated. And like now David takes care of the bathrooms um, and then once every few weeks, I go in and do a deeper clean because you have to work out. And that sounds so mundane, but you have to work out those things. Yeah. Um, who's going to get up with the kids? That's something that we argue about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Stanley, to answer your question, when should you have kids? <clears throat> I think there's no good time. I think that there's the no best time, time, I mean, in an ideal world, I would suggest to my friends, and I do have friends that are like contemplating children, and I'm always just like, hey, wait till you're in residency. At least you have an income. Mm-hmm. Um, at least you're in your thing and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're going to a workplace every day. I think that probably that's better. Well, Having said that. You're also be busier, though. And when you have an income, um, there's things you could, okay, if you're poor, and you have kids, there's help. You could get subsidized daycare. So maybe, sure. maybe if you're not, if you don't have an income, maybe it's better to have them when they're, when they're little. You get Medicaid yeah. or something. Because even with, we have private insurance. I was paying almost $1,000 a month premiums. Wow. Plus, you know, at least 20% of the bill. So being poor gives you certain advantages <laughs> in our society. True. Um, but like, especially in a place like, New Mexico because you know I've definitely looked at this a little more like the El Paso hub for example you're in Texas they do not have offer um you know like the Medicaid so like my husband the first two years of medical school would not have been insured with health care if we lived in El Paso but living in Las Cruces, we did have that so like yeah it, it is like also you know, where you go to school. Yeah. yeah. I, I would also add that, like, if you're thinking about doing it third or fourth year, it's, you think, oh, it's less busy than first or second year. But you have to consider, if you have kids and the partner is working, um, David, and not to say David's unreliable, but I cannot rely on David if, we, if, if the kids were in daycare. So, like, pick up your kids. Right. I, I've heard some it. really, you know, excuse my language, shitty things from attendings or, or preceptors, like, well, I have to pick up my children at four o'clock, like, and yeah. then they'll say things like, well, that's too bad. You got to like work something out because yeah. you're supposed to be here doing stuff. And it's like, that should not be tolerated. I'm a student. I'm not your slave, like right. saying, just well, a, you know, that, like that a learning experience. Like, what I'm, am I really gaining from yeah. being there an extra 30, 45 minutes that is so invaluable to me that I can't take care of my children, which yeah. in my opinion is the most important thing. Right. So it's that, like to a second that flexibility from, from your preceptors. But I've heard that fourth year is the best year to have children just from people because it's like, you're kind of like not as, you know, stressed and the right. responsibility isn't there because a lot of the times it's like, well, you know, in fourth year, you kind of just kind of lackadaisical on your rotations, I think, sometimes, especially sure. after you've matched. Um, mm-hmm. Either that or the summer between your first and second year is the best mm-hmm. time 
because those couple months when they're like an infant you can give them the time that they need and then you know they'll be little while they're in med school and then once you're in residency they'll start going to like school so yeah oh david i was gonna ask us like uh so on that um kid of a, a physician and obviously I have friends who whose parents are also physicians it's a very interesting relationship versus having someone whose parent is not a physician because I always say that like whenever you're a doctor your first priority unfortunately is your for some people your patients and then your, your family comes second at least for some physicians depending on like the specialty but what uh promises i would say promises so what what things are you doing intentionally to make sure that your family is still like priority for you no matter what versus like through your career um well certainly like i said um if i was younger and i didn't have a family and i was single my th- Something like OB-GYN might be more on the radar. Right. Or orthopedic surgery or or something like that. Um, But certainly now that I have a family, I just, I just don't want to be on call. Like, I don't want to be on call all the time. I don't want to. Psych, you will potentially be on call, but yeah. (laughs) Sure. It's not the same. It's not this, it's not the same. And the training isn't as crazy, like demanding. Um. So certainly my choice of, and, and, you know, family med arguably is less, less invasive to your evenings, <laughs> put it that way, maybe. Yeah. Right. Um, and so that's kind of why I was like, okay, family med, psych. I really loved OB-GYN, but it's like, I, I, I just don't want to live like that um, with a family. Right. And also, I'm just kind of older, you know, I just, my my days of shooting for the star, like, I'm kind of just like, I don't care as much about ambition, I guess. Right. Um, it's not that I don't care, I just don't care as much. Yeah, because, I mean, you have something that's more pressing, like your family. Right, I have, I have other, I have other priorities. Yeah. Beyond, like, oh, I wonder how far I can take my life, or whatever. Um. So I think for me, it's important to, you have to be fluid. You just have to deal with things as it comes. But then you also have to game plan when things change so that you do have time with your family. Yeah. Um, And to make that time, even if you don't, you know, you just have to, you just have to constantly be game planning. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's good for me to take the kids to the park too. It's good for me to like, just step away from all of that and be outside, get some fresh air, you know, talk to some people in sort of a, you know, social context. That's not about medicine. Yeah. That's not necessarily about medicine. Nothing. Best yeah. My are boring. Yeah. Honestly, that's my favorite part about like having relationships that don't involve medicine because it gets so like annoying when that's like the only thing people talk about and your friends that yeah. are in medical school. It's almost like boring. It's like that's all that you have to talk about anymore. Like Yeah. Medical it's, it's is way like, worse overstimulating. I want something else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, this question goes to your wife too. Like, is there any uh, not like requirement of, but like, they, like, what are the expectations for him when he say like he's done with training, he's now an attendant? Do you expect him to be a lot more involved at home? All the money. Um, I think from the very beginning, David and I had the expectation that our relationship would be egalitarian and that it wouldn't because we both came from families where there were gender strict gender norms that were right. and so that was something always as David making noise um that was something that David always was upset with his with his family the men watch tv they don't participate with childcare and stuff 
as much. So we, that's what we wanted, but in medical school, that's not possible. Like he cannot be 50, 50 on those things. And so we had to make that agreement that right now I'll do more, but I expect you when you're done, you're going to do half of the work. And um, even right now, like I, there are times where I'm like, I am done. I need a break. I've been with the kids all day long or last year it was like, I was working all day and taking care of the kids. I'm done, but I couldn't do that so much last year. Um, so I will go to the, you know, to Starbucks or something and leave the kids with, with David because I just need a break. And mm-hmm. so I expect a lot more of that later on. And I also, I have the hope that I can focus on my career or go back to school um, <coughs> and that he'll be able to do more. But I, I do have that sense of like, this will never end. It's just going to be a different hurdle. So I'm kind of both hopeful, but also kind of realistic and think it's not really going to be, it's not like he's going to work a strictly 40 hour job yeah. ever. Okay. I think uh, just so we, so like close it out on like hoping if each of you could give like a, a piece of advice, because not only are you guys married in medical school, you also like, you also have kids like for people like us. Uh, okay. We're not like, they're married. Obviously, we have classmates that are married. That we have classmates that are, are single, <coughs> and are hoping to get married like in a couple of years. Or classmates that are engaged are being getting married soon, and probably gonna be having kids soon. Like, what are the advice that you have for for them as a like, to help them get through it? You know, like what are the the things you've learned from the mistakes, if if you have any uh, that you learned from that? Several. Um, I would, before you start, you work out um, those expectations and whatever those things are driving nuts about each other, work on those things, come up with a compromise. Maybe that means family therapy at some point, get that stuff worked out before you go. And then when you're in it, I would suggest, we, we talk about having like a number system, one, everything's great, 10, I'm completely upset and losing it. And so we can just say, I'm at a 10 it's you or it's not you. I think you have to have those kind of code words and you have to keep reassessing and, and, and thinking, why are we doing this? And so I can just say to him bonbons and he knows that that's why we're in this is to get to a better place than we are where before. Um, I think you have to be kind and have grace because nothing's perfect and you're not going to be perfect. So you have to give yourself that, that grace that I wasn't a great mom or I wasn't a great dad today, but I'm going to do better tonight or tomorrow. Mm. Um, you have to have that patience, um, which is really hard, especially when they're stressed out about the test. And I'm stressed out about like, I don't have a job right now. I left my job to go to, for him to go to medical school. Um, and so you have, to, you have to be kind to each other. You have to work these things out and be prepared to face those hard points. Yeah. Anything you think? Um. Specific to this, I feel to to I feel like the more the stronger that you can. I think that communication is big. <laughs> Clearly, like you have to be able to game plan it. You have to know when you need to give. Like you have to also be able to read or tell when when is a good and bad time to discuss things. Yeah. Because touchy right. things, you need to make sure that when you discuss them, that everyone's cool enough. And just to... say, this is not a good time. Right. <laughs> Wait till later. Yeah. So I think communication is kind of cheesy, but I feel very much like if you can communicate, you can game plan things as they come up. So it helps you to be more fluid. It can also help you be more conscious because you know, there are habits that are going to annoy your partner. And this is true of med school or not, right? Mm-hmm. There are habits that are going to annoy your partner. And if you can just work on those bit by bit, you know, you can improve your relationship and your partner can then see that you're working on those things. Um, I think it's important to be fluid. It's important to realize that there's going to be some lopsidedness, like it or not, but it doesn't have to be permanent. Yeah. And to realize that these things aren't permanent. It's like, you know, third year has been fun, but it's like every month you start over 
and you're, like once you figure out what to do, you're on to the next, just to figure it out again. <laughs> so that is a big part of third year is learning to be fluid from one rotation to the next. Um, and I feel like being in a relationship is also very much like that mm. as well. It's constantly changing. Because things change. Things are changing. Sometimes you're going to have a rotation that are super demanding. Mm-hmm. It kind of sucks for your family. Mm-hmm. But if you can communicate that and say, okay, this is, this is, this is my reality for the next three or four weeks. Yeah. I'm sorry, but like, I, won't I want you to be, <laughs> I want you to take that into account Before when we're planning things yeah. or whatever. Right. Um, I think also having a strong support network. I can't yes. emphasize that enough. Yes. Um, like, like I said, the church, um, I have to do a plug. There's a group called Student Advocate Association, SAA. It's yeah. a nationwide organization. I'm part of that at the school. We are looking for people to join this. So if anybody listening wants to join, um, we'd love to have you. We have a Facebook page. Um, but that they provide support to the partners. And it's the partners that get together. And you need that because you're going to go crazy, especially if you're home with little kids and you're working, you're not working. No matter what you're doing, you're always busy and they're just not there. And so, you know, yeah. you feel alone. And so you need to have that, those yeah. people there that can help right. you. And I think even getting rid of the people, it sounds mean, but if you have people in your life that are very negative and are telling you, you know what, I don't think you can do this. Thank you, mom or dad or whoever it is. Um, and then just kind of shut the conversation down because the naysayers are going to bring you down. I think yeah. it's important to get those yeah. out of your head. And I, I very much agree with her that having a social network. So when you have kids, so for example, my wife right now is not working and we have kids and I have, sometimes I feel like, and, I, and I've been in the same boat where I was at home with the kids. You can go a little bit crazy because you're alone with people, but they're not people you can talk to like adults. <laughs> and so what happens is, you don't have someone to keep you grounded in the sense of like, is it worth getting that emotionally worked up over this or that? And so you can kind of become a little bit ungrounded, but if you have somebody outside of that, who's like an adult, you can bounce those things off and vent a little bit, which is important. Especially other partners of medical students. Right, exactly, <laughs> definitely. And also just to keep you, I'll be like, oh, cause you know, yeah, there's going to be, yeah, that's a tough thing to deal with. So I would say try not to be too isolated, mm-hmm. even if you have little kids, you know, yeah. um, especially if you have little kids, Yeah, have some friends, make sure you have friends that, you know, to keep you grounded in your relationship as well I and, some- and take care of your mental health. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I have something else that's more of the teacher in me saying this. Um, I think if you go into medical school, understanding the science of learning, that's really helpful because studying in medical school is very different than studying as an undergrad. It's a different ball game. And so like, there's a book called make it stick. And I think delving into that because you want space repetition. That's why things like Anki work so well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think if you can study better, smarter, as opposed to, so you want quality, not quantity. You might not have to spend as much time studying if you know how to study well. Mm-hmm. And I will say this. Uh, I don't think the school did a great job of that. <laughs> well, for, it's like uh, we I've been kind of thinking about this for for a while. And you brought up a great point, Shannon, like the amount of time that you're spending studying does not matter if it's not quality time. And I think that it's frustrating because we spend all of this money on tuition and then, like, we spend all this money on resources that yeah. are going to allow us to actually learn, right? So, right. you, I mean, Anki is pretty much free, but then, you know, you're buying your Amboss or Sketchy or you will, yeah. whatever it is, on top of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would suggest buying whatever you need. I always say it's, it's cheaper to get a tutor than to fail. Like, whatever is going to help you to study, it's cheaper. You know, get a good computer. David got his computer like the week of school starting and then he had to learn the computer and not just medical school. Mm-hmm. So get that stuff ahead of time and get to know yeah. those resources or whatever it is so that you're not, it's not like a, a double, you know, many things coming at you at once. That 
uh, reminds me, one of my professors in undergrad, he would tell me, like, just buy the textbook. I know that you're like, this is so expensive, but, like, in the long term, like, that textbook is not going to, like, be a big deal, mm-hmm. right? You're going to be making so much money, you're going to be like, whatever, it's a textbook. I have to, I have to learn, I have to use mm-hmm. all this information, so... I, I mean, obviously, like, nowadays, like, you can just get that information online, but <laughs> I think that, like, the resource, it makes total sense, like, just buy the resource, because, yeah. right, it is cheaper than having to pay for repeating a year of school. Right, right. And, like, when you're studying, like, you're not getting anything just by reading the textbook. You have to use some kind of... Yeah space repetition to get it. And I know a lot of students are like, well, I'll just reread the textbook. Like, you want the textbook. Yeah. That's so passive stuff. too, you know? Like, it's not about passive learning. It's about mm-hmm. active learning. That's why mm-hmm. the practice questions, like, AMBOSS and Z-World mm-hmm. are so beneficial and they get the mm-hmm. best results because that's the best way to learn. Yeah, mm-hmm. quizzing and such. Yeah, yeah, that's the best okay. way. Thank you guys so much for coming on and taking the time to share your experiences with us. I think you guys are cute. I love your little bonbons and <laughs> your ways to kind of like navigate um, life with children in medical school. So thank, thank you. you. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah, it's great. We enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, I guess have a good day. <laughs> you too. Bye, Bye Stanley. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Becoming TO. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Yeah, guys, have a great day.